An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome, everybody, to the Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ringer reality feed. And boy, do we have a treat today. Dare I say royalty? Because I think that's exactly... Oh, you recognize that voice. You know you do. (laughs) I think that's exactly how I would describe you. None other than Danny Pellegrino is joining the podcast. Hi, Rach. Danny, we are not worthy. Oh my God. You know, I love you so much. I'm not worthy of this presence because I'm so excited we get to use this as an excuse to catch up and chat the things that we love to talk about. I know. Me too. I mean, I feel like it was only a matter of time before I did something in the Bravo world, you know, being a guest on your podcast, um, doing Andy's show, BravoCon, which we missed each other this year. I'm so upset, Rachel. Rachel... Don't even tell me about BravoCon. It was so much FOMO that whole weekend because, of course, everybody was there. Every Instagram account, social media account was posting from there. I was texting you, I think, during it. And <laughs> it was just so upsetting because I, I had a wedding that Friday and and I almost tried to make it work to get there later in the weekend, but I, I couldn't make it happen. And so I was uh, so upset. I felt so much FOMO, but it looked like a good time. It really was a good time. I can't compare it to the first one because I wasn't there. But the, I wasn't expecting so much tea to be spilled. These women held nothing back. I said, did PR not prep them? Did they not say, you can't say that? They didn't give away the seasons, but they you definitely could tell where the alliances were. There was a clear line drawn in the sand. And um, a lot of them don't like each other. Right, sure. I mean, sure. And also, you mentioned PR. I think they can only do so much, the PR teams, because these women and these Bravo celebrities, they're, that's what they're hired for, is to just be outspoken and to be themselves. And so I think, you know, from interviewing them too, it's like they might have restrictions, but they can't always abide by them. Yes, 
Absolutely. And I I think we'll end this by talking about where we kind of see Bravo going, because based on what I saw at BravoCon, based on what I'm currently watching on shows, I'm questioning whether things can continue in the way that they have, because these women don't like each other. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, I think just to put a button on the BravoCon thing, I, I think because so much tea was spilled and so much happened at BravoCon, I do believe that maybe they need to take a breather from mm-hmm. BravoCon, like a year or two off. Obviously, we had a few years in between the first one and the second one due to COVID, but I, I almost think it's good to wait to like replenish the storylines for BravoCon so that when the people come, they have new stuff to spill. Uh, otherwise, I think that whole experience could be, and I could be totally off base, but like could become too sanitized where it's not as exciting because I think that's part of the appeal is that you can go to this place and learn all these secrets and stuff like that. But I don't know where Bravo goes next. I think it's, we're at an interesting time and I think the shows are trying to figure out like where they go from here. I mean, Salt Lake City is airing right now and it's gotten so chaotic and I was a very staunch uh, defendant of how chaotic it's been this season until as of recently. And now I'm like, okay, it's getting, even for me who takes notes on the shows, it's getting confusing as to like who's friends with whom and where alliances lie. And it like, none of it is making sense. Lie, lay, did I use that correctly? Probably not. I I am not the one to tell you. I say it wrong all the time. But I do want to get into the different shows because Bravo is giving us, oh, I do also want to say that I'm putting this out there. I am pushing for BravoCon to be in LA. I think we we need to switch it up from New York, move to LA. I think that will also, I don't know, liven things up, give, you know, like make it more fresh. And if we're doing it in the fall time or October or November, I think we need it in a warmer climate because the first year, at least, it was so cold and it was in different venues. So people were freezing going in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't as bad this year, but like ugh, there just wasn't much where you where you could go. I think L.A. would be the better place to do it. Um, okay, so let's get into kind of the best of Bravo 2022. I want to go through the Housewives shows. We watch it all, even if we don't recap all the shows. There's so much going on. There's so much content, which I'm thankful for. We are never at a loss when it comes to Housewives, which we used to be at times. So I want to start with, I'll start with Salt Lake City because you brought that up. What we're watching now on Salt Lake City, it's like, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. I mean, I'm seeing things that I've never seen before. I can't even imagine being a cameraman or an audio person on this season, but I'm interested into your thoughts when you're watching this third season of Salt Lake City? It's shocking to me that there's only five women. Of course, we have all these other women on the outskirts auditioning to be on the show, essentially, in real time. And so I think from a technical perspective, it's it's fun to watch it and look at those other women who very clearly want to be on the show and looking at the mechanics of Angie K trying to throw this party and then throwing her friend under the bus as soon as she finds out that her <laughs> friend threw or as soon as the friend throws champagne on her head. And, and so that's all really, really funny to me. But I think if you're not necessarily invested in like the mechanics of all that behind the scenes stuff, I think there's just a lot happening on screen to try to unravel. And I wish... And I think maybe over the holidays, we'll have a a week or two break, and that might be helpful for the audience Mm -hmm. because I know that I'll miss it. As soon as the season's over, I'll be like, oh my God, I miss the craziness of this show. But right now, I could use a little breather because it's a lot. And I don't know where we go from here. Jen Shah obviously has been in, and Andy's hinted or outright said that, of course, she's not going to be around. She's 
going to trial or whatever. And so we're going to have four wives. And so casting wise, I'm interested to see where they go. I think those other core four women will be back, but where it goes next season is anybody's guess. And and I don't think any of the producers can even guess of where it goes because if there's one thing I think they've learned from these women is like, you cannot predict what's going to happen with them. If there's one thing that they've learned, it's bring Mary back. I like she can <laughs> Please, be a friend Rachel. of bring Mary back. And I don't want, I do not want holding a snowflake to be Angie Kay, Angie Harrington, or Dana. I don't want to like they're they're not giving me what I need. I don't want to see them. They're they're fine for what they're bringing this season, but not to be permanent. You know, what's interesting you brought up, Mary, is that I for so long felt like Mary was off on her own show. We were getting all those (laughs) scenes of her in the closet, just like organizing her stuff. And I thought, we can't have a main housewife be so separate from the rest of the group. And now I'm like, I'd give anything just to be having a scene in Mary's closet. Like what I would love to just settle in in that closet. In that colorful house, a random scene with her. I don't even remember her husband's name at this point. A, I just, a, a church scene, something. just Slash grandfather, by the way. Slash grandfather. <laughs> when we got that glimpse of Mary saying little girl this past week, I said, okay, I know it's official. I miss Mary at this point. I miss her so much. And she just, she brought comedy. And even with those new women you mentioned, I just want to know Mary's reaction to them because I know Mary wouldn't get along with any three of them. And I I want to see it. No, she wouldn't at all. I think too, what's been a tough watch this season is the shift we've seen in Heather Gay. I'm very curious as to how you're perceiving all of this because it's, it's night and day from what we're seeing in season three and season one and two, or maybe, maybe it's not. Okay. Let me be controversial for a minute. Okay. I actually don't think that Heather's changed as much as people are saying, at least I I I might be wrong. I don't feel like she's been vastly different. I remember at the season one reunion, people saying, oh, she's let it get to her head and stuff like that. And I think it's been pretty consistent, at least until the end of season one of, of who we've seen of, of Heather. And I think, my take is that Whitney and Heather, like they're not on the same page with the fight. And so I I think Heather is going a little nuts because I don't think she understands Whitney and what the fight is about or what she did. And And I think it would be maddening if I was a cast member and this other person was saying, you heard this thing and I didn't actually hear it. And it's like, well, what I, what is Heather supposed to say? I do think Heather could handle Whitney. They, they need a be on the same page and have a better, more calm discussion about what's going on. But I don't think either one. And I I think Whitney is always trying to like produce TV a little bit. That's a, my take on Whitney. And so look, they all are on some level. All of them are trying to control their image and stuff. But I kind of am on Heather's side. And I know that's not popular because I people have yelled at me about it, but a Heather Gay apologist. Never, Danny. Is this our first fight? But, I never but thought wait, Rachel, this would happen. Let me ask you, when do you think Heather sh- shifted? Because that's what people go back to is that season one reunion. And I mean, season one, that was pretty much from the beginning that we've seen this, Heather. So where was the shift for you? It, it's definitely been this season, but it's not that she, it's going to her head. I have to say, I worked a panel with Heather Gay and she was quite lovely and very humble about the response that she received from the crowd. She by far got the loudest cheers. Chrissy Teigen walked up to her and said, I'm going to everything that you're a part of. I mean, and she was, she was like teary-eyed. 
And and so it and it did it seemed very genuine. But what I'm noticing is, and I I don't want to say I can't stand, but I'm not, I think Whitney is exhausting. Whitney Rose is exhausting to me. So I understand that from Heather. However, <laughs> however, I do think that Whitney is correct in saying that Heather does conveniently forget or say she doesn't remember things. And she has been caught up in lies more than one time where she's like, oh, I don't remember that. Or, oh, I didn't, I didn't say this or I didn't invite you. And then, you know, Heather, Whitney's like, actually, you did invite me. So it seems like Heather says things in the moment that are convenient. And Whitney is right about that. And thank you to Bravo, who can always rewind and show us, oh, she's right. I know, I know. Because they didn't do that initially. That uh, OG watchers know we didn't always get the replay and now we do. So I think that's where I'm starting to question Heather of, oh, maybe there's some truth into what some of these women are saying. That's the change in Heather that I'm seeing. I think part of what Heather does is she, of course, I has been the fan favorite, I think, for the first couple of seasons and maybe not so much anymore. But I think strategically also it's helpful to forget things because she wants to be able to maneuver and remain the fan favorite. And so I think probably a handful of the times where she's saying she doesn't remember something, it's really just that that smart tactic of playing stupid. And and I think that's a smart move in a lot of ways, but I understand that. <laughs> it's and it's why people we, we would have never expected that from Heather and you can't tell me that she and Angie Harrington did not get their story together before they came on camera and I think the audience sees through that and that's what don't like, you Ooh. think Whitney don't you think that's all Whitney and Lisa's thing is like I feel like Whitney and Lisa are in cahoots simply to be uh allies on the show like I don't think those two like each other at all I think they got on the phone with each other and they were like okay let's be on the same island together. Because that's so inauthentic to me, that relationship. At least with Heather, I don't know. I, I feel like her she did have some sort of genuine relationship with Angie. And yes, they might have gotten in cahoots before the season. But the Lisa and Whitney feel so manufactured to me. I guess there's so many other manufactured things on the show that I haven't even paid attention to Lisa and Whitney. I'm thinking of Angie Harrington and her husband, who are so parched. So I mean, what is that? The husband is like, what is that? You are not Joe <laughs> Gorga. You are not Mauricio. You will never you will you are not even Peter. You will never <laughs> be these people. So please stop. Please stop. <laughs> well, and I don't understand uh how he's sort of just I, I don't know, got away with doing such a crazy thing. Not that he completely got away with it, but it's just what a nutball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's a grown-ass man and created an Instagram account. But then what, where it gets all murky and confusing is that we're seeing Jen shot and the fallout from that Instagram, but then Angie, the wife, isn't even around for the fallout. And then the fallout should be, in the viewer's eyes, I think the fallout should be with Lisa because of it was really to get her, but then now Jen is appropriating it because it was Shah exposed, right. even though the account was going after. So it's like all of these are the details that I think we all get lost in. And it does it. It starts to make sense, and we we start to think like, where did the this whole thing originate from? And they're all overlapping. So it's like Heather and Whitney are sort of fighting about something about Angie, but then also this second dick for jazz tickets thing. I mean, it's all confusing. <laughs> and that's why the perfect like scene that captures what's going on this season and how the audience feels about it is on the boat with Jen and Lisa 
arguing, Heather and the rest of them, I mean, Whitney and the rest of them dancing, and Angie K's shoe floating in the water. That is what's, that's, that's what we're watching. It's, it's all crazy. over the place. Might be what do you thing. think of Meredith this season? We're sort of getting a, at least in the back half, it feels like she's kind of easy breezy Meredith, which is not what I am used to. No, think about where this season started. It started with the picking up of what the hot mic moment with Lisa in the bathroom. And we are so far removed from that. So far removed. It's, it's, it's like that happened in season two. I mean, it did happen in season two, but the fallout we should be watching and Lisa and Meredith seem to be getting past it. I think Meredith had such a difficult season last year of what she was going on, what was going on in her life personally, which has been touched on in this season. Plus what happened at the end with Lisa, her alleged best friend. I think she's like, I'm just going to sit back and sit this one out. I don't have the energy to do it. And thankfully she doesn't have to because there's so much other chaos going on. My thing is I wish they would have all just reset halfway through the season and maybe producers set them down and be like, we need to just kind of scale back the storylines or we need you to all get on one page. I don't know how to do that or what the answer is, but I I just wish they would, would have scaled back somewhere or taken out one of these feuds or something. Yeah. A lot. Maybe we'll get that. I'm loving it also, by the way, I don't want to say like, I don't like it because it's my favorite show to watch throughout the week. And I will be devastated when the season's over. Interesting. So right now on television, your favorite housewife show to watch is Salt Lake City. I mean, maybe not favorite, but it's, I mean, I enjoy sitting down. I think Potomac and really Miami, I think is my favorite oh. to watch right now. Miami, the season, I haven't watched this week's episode, but I guess I've seen the first five and I think it's the best. So good. This week's episode, I think, is five. So you're ahead of us. You get the screeners. I don't know why I don't watch the screeners. And I just saw a clip of it, the end where the women are react. I think it's the end where the women are reacting to the news. And that, I mean, Miami is bringing it in a whole nother way. So good. I, last thing I do want to ask you, because we are, we are currently on Morally Corrupt fighting with one another about how to handle Jen Shaw. And people, they, th- they say I'm a Jen Shaw apologist on here, which I... I'm not, Danny. I, I want to be clear. Isn't it funny, Rachel, how people get so upset? You know, people love their characters and they get so upset with us for, you know, it's like they pe- they want the opinion, but then you give the opinion and when people aren't happy with the opinion. I know, I know. And we talk about this this Bachelor Bravo world and how, how cruel it can beat us. Loving and cruel at the same time. But I... I guess I'm operating from what's happening right now in that world. And in that world, Jen Shaw has not pled guilty. So she is maintaining her innocence. So as a friend, if that, if my, if this happened to my friend in real life, I could never fathom that my friend would actually do the things that she's being accused of. So I would be supporting her. I would give her the best room on that mm. miserable trip to San Diego. I mean, the fact they're playing in the sand, I don't want to get into the details of it, but the <laughs> That miserable the beach trip. games. We do not need the beach games. No, that's what we did on The Bachelor. <laughs> the fact that that's what they're doing right now, I just, Jen, to me, I understand supporting her as a friend. But here on this show, people are upset when I say these type of things of like, how, you know, how could you do this? Jen's been accused of these things. Where do you stand on all of this? Well, I think you're exactly right. There are two things going on. There's what's happening on the show. And if we're recapping what's happening on the show, we're tr- we're at least trying on some level to let go of some of those things we know outside of the show. It's impossible to let go of all of it because it all seeps in our brains and it is what it is. But I would not give the... I I disagree with you in the room thing. 
because I don't want to give anyone the best room. I don't care if you're on a honeymoon <laughs> or if you're on a, you know, just your birthday. I don't care. I think there is a larger discussion to be had and we don't just give out these best rooms willy-nilly. That's my opinion because I would want the best room. Also, I think like she's gotten the best room enough. I know she's going through it, but I don't know. I would give her like one of the mid rooms. <laughs> Watch out, everyone. Danny's got a glass of champagne in his hand and he's ready to use it. I also selfishly just love like back in the Roni days when they would fight over the rooms for two episodes. Like that's what I want the most. I just wish somebody would have stepped up and been like, you're not getting the room. Like I wanted there to be more of a discussion about that. Uh, right. Because Someone- that's to me the most entertaining Housewives fight sure. is when it's over something so uh, petty but relatable. Um, but I don't, I think with the Jen Shaw stuff, I always sort of blame the Bravo producers and editors in a way because they want us to go on that roller coaster ride of liking them and then hating them, liking them and hating them. So I think they do purposefully edit them in ways to make it so we go on that ride. And with Jen Shaw, I think up until maybe recently, they've, they purposefully edited her to make her look easy breezy and fun. And she was always coming in for a good time and stuff like that. So it is hard to root against her if you're just watching the show because they don't want us to root against her because then when they finally do break it, it, break the news that she pleads guilty or that when she's going to court or something, they want that to be the moment to be like, oh shit, like I like this woman. I felt for her. I wanted the best for her. I thought she was innocent they want us to have that emotional reaction because otherwise that'll fall flat later on. So I I think they want us to like her right now or or maybe they want us to start turning on her now it's the back half of the season. Maybe so. so. I blame them. Ooh, that's I didn't think of it that way, but I I'm going to agree with you on that. So I guess I'll tur- I'll be turning on her. Everybody listening, I'll be turning on her very soon. But right now I'm being very sympathetic to what's going on in her life because it's a lot. And she's opened up about how it's affected her personally. I'm most interested in like what's going to happen when she finally does plead guilty. The relationship with Heather and Meredith that it seems like from the outside world of what's going on outside the show that Heather and Meredith and her are are still buddies. So are they going to feel betrayed or is she just pleading guilty, but then in private saying she's innocent for... I don't know how the court stuff works. I mean, you would know better than I would, but does it make sense for her to plead? Is that a thing for her to plead guilty while being innocent? Do people do that? Yes, and there's a name for it. And oh my gosh, see, they're, they're going to eat me up about this. There is a name, it starts with A, for the type of plea that you can take where you plead guilty, but you're not admitting to guilt. It's just that the evidence is so much against you. I think it's Ashford. Devin, can you please look this up? Because they will eat me alive. Um where they take a plea and they're not admitting guilt, but the Alford. I was close enough. Is there a world that you think that's what she might be doing? I I don't, we would know if she took an Alford plea. I don't know if she did, but it's, you're not admitting to the guilt of it. It's just the evidence is too much that you know that you'll, um, you know that you'll be found guilty. And so it's, it's a possibly lesser sentence when you do that. Um, And you're avoiding trial which she's avoiding trial in this. Wait, I have another legal question to ask you. So why do why does it keep getting pushed back? Oh my gosh, this happens all the time. Okay. Like attorneys will push and push for a motion for continuance for a number of reasons. It can be that, you know, they need more time. There's some more evidence out there. It could be that they're still going through all the discovery. It could be that somebody's sick. It could be vacation, holiday. It could be absolutely anything. Um until the judge says, no, enough is enough. Like, you have to have a good reason to be pushing this case out. 
Is there a usual amount of times that a judge will allow things to get pushed back or is it just case by case? It's case by case. And sometimes they're working on uh, settling the case. So that's why they're like, judge, we're almost there. Can we push it back? So it just depends until the judge gets impatient. And they're like, no, this has been sitting on my docket for two years. We're going to trial on Monday. Oh, I love getting this legal perspective. <laughs> Wait, is there anything else that has stuck out to you in terms of the legal situation? Have you followed much of it? No, I only follow yeah. the headlines when it comes to Jen Shaw. Um, and then once she pled, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the sentencing, which I believe is this month. I, don't, I thought it just got pushed back to January again, but maybe I'm wrong. But you know what? It probably is because of where we are right now in the year. It, people, people I need it to happen, out. Rach. I just want to know what's, I want to know the future. I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't sleep at night. Listen, Todd, the Chrisley family, if I'm Jen Shaw, I am shaking right now. They don't care about your celebrity. They don't care about any of it. They're making example. I mean, not just making examples. Obviously, these people are, are guilty, but they're not, they're not cutting any slack on you. And I wonder what Stu got. Since Stu testified, I wonder if he got some type of settle, like deal because he testified against her or if there's some type of immunity for him. I'm very curious. Oh, we got to figure that out. I also want to know production-wise of like, what are they planning? Are, is Jen going to be at the... Re- I guess they're filming the reunion on Friday of this week. So as of this recording. So maybe she'll be at the reunion, but then I wonder if they're trying to jump into next season so they could get some of this on camera. I mean, I we know, know the cameras were there... I think when she when she pled guilty, I think the cameras were there. We know Jen Shaw's not afraid to be out in public because I could have reached out and touched her at the Bravo after party. At Bravo Con. And wasn't she not supposed to be there or something? She was she- not supposed to be there. And to be honest, Danny, neither were we. <laughs> and we and we got our <laughs> shout out to Brandy Glanville who got me. <laughs> She's a real one. <laughs> She's a real one. <laughs> I love Brandy Glanville. I want Brandy to come back to Beverly Hills so bad. Amazing. I like just a good person. I've just, you know, she she knows how to entertain, but I just like have I, nothing bad to say about her. You know, I actually do think that Brandy comes across as uh, a, a, more, I don't know what the word is on TV, but I think in real life, and I've only met her a couple of times, so it's not like I have a strong relationship with her or anything, but I, you know how you can read people and you could tell when somebody has like a good heart? I yeah. always thought like Brandy seemed like she had a really good heart. I believe like that, I, 100%. I think she gets messy and stuff on the show, but I think some of these people, even when they're nice on the show, you can kind of feel that like meanness or whatever. And I oh, think yeah. Brandy's not like that. She has had definitely bad moments. Though. Yeah, no, she's really a nice person really nice person. And I want to see her back. Wait, who's the best looking? I'm getting us off track. But in, when you were at BravoCon or the people that you met in person, who were you like, that's the most stunning bravo celebrity I've ever seen? I will say Kyle looked amazing. Whitney Rose looked amazing. Um, Karen Huger looked great. She's my fave. And I love Karen. Um, we're going to talk about Potomac. I'm trying to think who else I saw that I was just like, ooh. I think I was really shocked at, not that Whitney Rose is not a beautiful yeah. person, but like really stunning in person. And what's her husband's name? Even he looked cute. Who Justin. Knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to go on that ride with you, Rach, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I do think Whitney Wilde Rose is stunning. Hey, look, I was like, look at them. They're a very handsome couple. Um, Potomac. 
Wait, who's the guy? Who's the husband that you're most attracted to on all the franchises? <sighs> on all the franchises. Okay, sorry guys. This is, I'm not talking about personality. I'm just talking about looks. Juan Dixon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is very attractive. But I feel like I'm forgetting. I think Joe Gorga is very attractive. I, was, I thought that's who you were going to say because I say that a lot on my show and I think Joe Gorga, just not personality-wise. Yeah, and, like, and handsome in person. Handsome. I, I would say Joe Gorga, Juan Dixon. And I think they those two also have like a sexuality because sometimes you see the husbands and you're like, what? or even they'll tell us on the show, but you feel like no s- sort of sexual energy coming from them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those that those would be my pick, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But also, okay. I'm a basketball fan, and I was a fan of Juan Dixon back when he was playing in college. So the fact that he's on Housewives right now is a very beautiful moment for me. Even though we haven't really seen him this season, let's talk about Potomac. Yeah. I got to tell you, of all the seasons with Potomac, this might be the most disappointing to me. And I feel... What we love about Potomac is that it doesn't even feel like a camera's in the room. These women go at each other. They laugh with each other. They seem to be real friends. What drama ensues is real. But this year, it just seems very fabricated. Are you yeah. getting that feel or am I just being over, overly critical? No, I, f- I feel, I didn't really love, I enjoyed last season, but I didn't think it was their best and they were coming out of COVID. So I thought, you know, it is what it is. But I think that to me felt like it impl- or it uh, affected how they went into this season because a lot of the s- stuff feels like they need, they went into the season knowing they needed some uh, something. And so I feel like a lot of the things they were throwing at the wall were things that weren't really of substance just so that they could have more kind of going on. And so I don't like the Chris stuff that came up earlier this season. I don't like the, Mia feels so overly produced and, and I don't think she has any motivation for anything she does at all. And, and I can get on board with that sometimes, but with her, I'm, I'm disconnecting with what she's saying and doing and the fights she's trying to have. And so, yeah, I, I feel like they could use maybe a little shakeup or something. And I'm not sure what that looks like. Because they have the most, they're the current cast, they're more, they most, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to get the wording right. They are a cast of the most, that have the most original housewives than any other cast, right? So maybe somebody, and I'll go ahead and throw out some people that I think should be gone. Please. Robin. Yeah. Ro- I, at BravoCon, they said that Robin was the uh, most peaceful. And I'm, are we judging wow. her on the past? And, you know, she stepped into Giselle's world. And I love Giselle. But she stepped into Giselle's world of, I don't want to talk about my own personal business. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to create arguments and be messy with everyone else. And it's just so... I don't know. It's just so petty that it's just tough to watch. And, and just- we've seen it with Giselle. Sorry, to, I didn't interrupt her, but we've seen it from Giselle from the jump of of this character trait. And so with Robin, though, I think it feels disingenuous. And I, I believe that somebody sat her down last season because I think part of the argument, I think, has been that Robin's can be snoozy on screen and she kind of is just with Giselle and Giselle's the one stirring the pot in previous seasons and Robin backs her up. And I think somebody said, Robin, we need you to engage a little bit more. Or maybe she took that from the fans or maybe somebody literally told her that. I'm not sure. But 
so then she did in a way, and I don't think it's working at all what she's doing this season. Not at it's all. Disingenuous, and it's it's not her even. It's not her. I mean, like I can't believe that this has always been her because we've watched her for so many seasons at this point. It definitely is not her. But the mid-season trailer that we got and the drama that is going to come does involve Robin. And I'm curious to see maybe if that will explain her behavior these few episodes that we've been watching so far. Um, I'm also liking that we're seeing Karen Huger get, to use a Bravo word, activated this <laughs> this season. Don't you feel that Karen, uh, I think Candace too, I think the two of them are really living their lives. And I don't think that they're as conscientious as maybe Robin and Gisela are about like making the program. And so I feel like that's why I'm able to connect with them a little bit better. Because Gisela and Robin, I don't know, all the stuff that they're doing, it just feels like they're trying to put on a show for us. And it's, you are so right. They have a podcast. They throw each other under the bus. They have a podcast to promote that is called Reasonably Shady. Is this not the best promotion for a podcast that's titled that? Because that's exactly what they're giving us this season. So, you know, tune in next week for more Reasonably, you know what I mean? Like it makes, Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way, but it does make sense. And it feels icky when it's like coming after other people, personal husbands and stuff like that. That's where I kind of feel like, oh, this feels gross to watch. Yeah. And I got like, don't come for Chris. Like, I feel like he minds his business. He doesn't (laughs) do anything. He was so nice at BravoCon because I I would have said Candace is stunning too, but I was naming people I'd never seen before in person. And he was just so polite. So just hanging out with Candace wasn't... not overly friendly or doing all the things that people were accusing him of. Like, I just... I think the smoking gun is the editors. And again, I'm blaming producers and editors. But if you notice when all those accusations were coming up, even when Mia said at the lunch with Robin or whoever she was with that Chris was looking at her at that first party, that crazy party that Karen threw. And then the Bravo editors flash back to Chris not looking her way. And I think if production thought that he was sketchy in any way, they could have easily found some quick shot of him looking at Mia. But they keep debunking it on the production side, which leads me to believe that they all think these accusations are nuts or that they really side with him or whatever. But uh, so that's, I think they they tell us these things, right? Like yes. they give us these hints. You have to read between the lines. <laughs> Excuse me. Mia's got to go. And so does her sidekick, Jacqueline. Whoever oh. thought it was a good idea to give, and they have heard me rant and rave about this in this podcast. Whoever thought it was a good idea to give Mia a friend of, I'm not quite sure. She's and she's playing the Dolores role, is what I'm saying. She's explaining Mia when Mia's illogical to the rest of the group. We love Dolores. We didn't ask for Jacqueline. We right. don't need it. I think Wendy needs a friend more than I, I. You're right. I totally agree that Mia needs to get get going, and I think they need to bring someone in for Wendy because I like Wendy a lot. She's one of my favorites. And I just, I don't think she has a strong enough ally. I mean, her and Candace seem to be really close, which is nice, but Candace is busy doing, you know, her musical empire and everything. Or busy doing Instagram lives where she's talking about everybody in the middle of the night. (laughs) I didn't think what she said was all that bad. I just thought like, I don't know. Yeah, these women are you know, none of them are really loyal. <laughs> Explaining it made it worse. When she was caught off guard and she tried to explain it, I think that made it worse because she was like, 
They were like, you think this about everybody? And she's like, no, not Karen. Or whatever, whatever she said. And I was like, okay, Candace, just stop. I know you're caught. You were ambushed, which I do believe she was ambushed. We argued about that on this podcast as well. I just need, I just need Potomac to take a turn. I need to take a turn. I am curious. Speaking of taking a turn, let's take a turn to Beverly Hills because I'm yeah. very curious where you think Beverly Hills goes from here. Because I did Andy's radio show and he asked me about how he handled Garcelle and he told me oh, that I they had a conversation. And I think, speaking of somebody who needs a friend of, it's Garcelle because Lord knows Cherie, yes, I said that right. I always mix up Cherie and Cherie. Cherie was not that friend to her. And I was very disappointed in watching that. Where does, what, I love watching Beverly Hills, but I don't know if I, I'm not into it anymore. Yeah. 100% 100% they need someone with Garcelle and like a genuine, I think a genuine friend. Uh, and I feel similarly about Crystal too. I like Crystal. I think Crystal kind of gets lost in the group sometimes. Yeah. But with Beverly Hills more than any other franchise, they have this core group that seems to have each other's backs. And that's been the big complaint is like they have this loyalty to each other, which is Sometimes I think great in real life. Of course, your close <laughs> friends you want you to have loyalty, but on the show that we're watching, it can be so frustrating to watch when they all just seem to have that loyalty to each other through anything. So I would like them to switch it up. My opinion is that they should demote Dorit. Oh. Uh, I think they should. Uh, this Rinna, I would like to see Rinna to have some time off. In general, I think all of the franchises benefit from taking a breather. I think then the Housewife comes back and we can have them come back and they're stronger than ever. I think a breather is good if a housewife is maybe getting a little snoozy, like they need a break because they're not bringing much to the show, whether it be in their personal storylines or the storylines with the other. And I think also they could use a breather when they get too wrapped up in things. And I think that's where Rinna seemed to leave the season for me. It was like, she was just doing too much. And it seemed like it would be healthy for her to have a, a season off and then maybe she would come back stronger than ever. So I would like that to happen and then maybe bring in a couple a couple new women, someone for Garcelle, maybe someone for Crystal. Um, I think the, there's a, a lot of untapped potential for that like friend storyline with Crystal where it was like all these friends left her. I'm like, let's get one of them on the line. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And I think that would change up the dynamics enough that... I don't think Kyle and Erica are as close as Rinna and Erica. Right. So then it would it would be an interesting to see those two. And then also Kyle not having Dorit. I still want Dorit to be popping in and stuff. I don't want her gone completely because I like um, recapping her antics. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I think would would work out best. You do a good do impression. You, you do a good impression. And that's what, that's what, that's what you... <laughs> Rachel, who do you, what do you, where do you want to see it go? Who do you think should be let go? Yeah, Dorit's Dorit. got to go. I just, she's not doing, we know what you can be mm-hmm. and you're not giving us that and you're playing it safe. And if it's because you want to maintain your friendships, I, that's commendable, but don't yeah. do it on television. Maintain them off camera. Yeah. Teddy Mellencamp does it. You can, you too can do that. Right. <laughs> if you had to pick between Erica or Rinna to go, who would you pick? I'd keep Erica, and I say that uh, I say that with caution or whatever, because yeah, I I think she has more storyline with the other women that I'm interested in seeing play out. But also, she's so frustrating to me uh, to watch. So 
I think if I was giving one more season, I'd like to see Erica stick around for one more season and see how that looks without Rena. But the two of them together is what's hardest to watch for me. Yes, I, I'm all about Erica staying over Rena, and I think that she's emboldened by Rena, and I think that she'll. She, maybe soften up a bit. Maybe she'll be ice cold, but she will not be the same person that we were seeing before because she doesn't have, you know, her buddy Mm -hmm. with her to give her that. Who do you think, who do you stand on the side of with Aspen? Rena or Kathy? Oh, I I think they were both, I I think both of them were telling the truth and lying. (laughs) I think (laughs) all of that, I all of that stuff, it seemed like Kathy was basically saying, like, yeah, that all happened. There were times even when Kathy tried to cover it up and she just gave up. I think in the reunion, I'm trying to remember back, but wasn't she trying to show a text? And then yes. Andy was like, Well, you deleted that. So it was like <laughs> she that's her saying, or that's all of the people on the stage saying, like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I don't think anyone should be watching that and say none of that happened. Cause it was clear to me at least that it did. Uh but also I think Rinna, and this is why I would like to see Rinna maybe have some time off, is because I think she just makes a meal out of every snack. And not to say that what Kathy did was was right, but it was like Rinna kind of gets in this hamster wheel and becomes over dramatic and it just starts to feel a little bit too much. Absolutely. No, oh, it makes all the sense. And it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean. They're on pause. I love that we continue to use that word now. Dorinda's impact. After Dorinda, yes, which <laughs> she has an impact. I want to see her back. Um, that they're on pause. I wanted to see how long it could go, but I, I appreciate them realizing that it's not right. And I hope that they, like you've been saying, do that with other franchises as well. Last question I will ask you about um, Beverly Hills. Was Kathy Hilton in the wrong for putting on lip gloss during Mariska Hargitay's speech? Uh, yeah, but I like that she gave us something to talk about. I think, and I, all of it, I do believe Kathy's aware of. I think she's, she knows what she's doing in the same way that I think Paris knows what she's doing. They're smart, media trained people. Some of it is the kookiness or whatever the word is, but yeah, I think she, she was wrong, but also that's what you get for putting Kathy. What was Kathy even doing on stage? Like, why was she presenting an award? Like, all, the, was... all the housewives were. They did it last year, too. All of them. But wait, did... was it? I didn't see the whole award show. Was Kathy like the only person presenting the award? No, or they was were she all with there. the whole cast. She was so just, it was just on her the on end. stage. Yeah, she was okay. just on the end. And so you only got her, but the other women were standing beside her. I mean, let's be honest. What do we expect? We're hiring real housewives to present awards. Like, that's what we're going to get. And so that's on us. If we're expecting Meryl Streep level uh, behavior on stage, that's not where we're getting at the People's <laughs> Choice Awards when we're letting uh, Erica Jane and and whoever present awards. You just don't mess with Mariska. I'm She's... <laughs> such an Olivia Benson, like fanatic that yeah. I used to name, we had to write our papers in law school under an anonymous name. And I was always Olivia Benson or Elliot Stabler. I, oh that, I'm obsessed with them. So when I saw that, I was like, how dare you? And I love Kathy Hilton, but I was like, how dare you? I love that you have this, uh, I didn't know of this about you, that you love her so much. I mean, I think Maris, Mariska, is it Mariska? Mm-hmm. I just watched that Adina Menzel documentary on Disney Plus, you know, um, 
when she had that moment with John Travolta where it was Adele Dazeem. And yes, she was talking about how that was like the best thing that's ever happened to her. And she really thought like she saw the positive in that because it made so many people. And obviously that was on a bigger scale because it was the Oscars and John Travolta and not Kathy Hilton on the People's Choice Awards. But, you know, the, I think the sentiment remains where I think Mariska probably thought it was funny. And, I, you know, she probably was like, oh, that's a, I got a funny moment out of the People's Choice Awards. Right? Maybe, but I don't think Maybe. so. She's above that. She's above that. <laughs> I love that. She probably was upset that, that she was her. accepting an award from the Housewives. She has no idea who, yeah. who are these women. She's been on TV a hundred years and she's <laughs> accepting an award from a friend of on Housewives. Like what is happening? Like Kathy Hilton ain't even a main cast member. Why is she giving out an award? You are That's so like, right. I mean, imagine on any other franchise, like Barbara... K from Real House of New York giving out a People's Choice Award. Like, what world are we living in? She's, we're not even having the main character cast members do it. Like, she's a friend of. I will tell you what world we're, li- we're living in. NBC Universal, because that's who puts on that yeah. show. That's Law & Order's on NBC. Bravo's under NBC Universal. That's whose world we're living in. But the you know what? We've, we've been, our anger has been misplaced. We were blaming Kathy, but the real culprit NBC Universal. And by the way, they're, I'm already mad at them because they just passed on a show of mine. So you know what? We're extra mad at NBC Universal right now, as of today. We're pitching it to another <sighs> network. We. I mean, I'm in, <laughs> we. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Real quick, before we get into some superlatives, because you've given us so much of your time, Danny, which we appreciate, I want to talk about Roni, because it is always interesting and great when you're a Housewives fan and the drama off camera before the season really starts is so juicy. You love it because it just gets you all riled up for the season starting. But not when the drama is controversial, which is what we're getting with this Roni reboot. They were announced at BravoCon. I was shocked at some of the people that were announced, really one person, Jenna Lyons. 
I was shocked. Is she the J. Crew one? Yeah. Okay. That was I was I was surprised that she was a part of it. And I like her. I followed her before this on on social media. So that was surprising. But we really didn't know much about the other women, and, and several of them seemed to be social media stars. But then this news comes out about, you know, racism and and um really just racism, I guess. What what's your take on it? Do you do you want to see that drama? like come out on this season? Do you want this person to be cut out? Like what should they just shut this whole reboot down? I I think I was so excited at first the initial announcement of like we're doing two shows. To me it seemed like oh that's exciting double the fun or whatever because I Roni was always my favorite of the franchises and then the past season or two has just gotten so bad. But uh I so I was excited but then as it sat with me more and more and it, it felt like we were putting the cart before the horse or whatever. I, I don't, I wish they wouldn't have announced anything until they had it nailed down because then we've just been disappointed by the whole thing. Every step of the way, it's been a disappointment of like, well, we're not filming it. We're still trying to get the cast. And then even with the legacy cast, it's like, that's been in flux. And so it's, it's like, why, why don't you just make the good show first? And then, right then show us the trailer or surprise us or excite us that way. Uh, because every last thing that's happened with it just feels messy and disappointing. And also none of it makes a lot of sense to me because if, if the whole point of the new one was to diversify, then like, what were those, what were the choices then for the reboot? Like how did, how did those become the people that you chose? Um, and also is no one doing like the, I think we've talked about this in the terms of the world of The Bachelor. I, I don't understand how nobody's like going through people's social medias and stuff and and looking into their past because the casting process is not quick. So they would have had casting with these people. And I, I understand on reality TV, they want um, personalities that are controversial in some ways or or that are could be outspoken or something. But I don't know. None of it makes any sense to me. And I'm just disappointed because I love... Roni so much and it feels like it's crumbling every single time there's like a new thing about it. Could we get a new production company in there to maybe shake things up? I don't know if they did with the reboot or even the legacy, but maybe that's what needs to happen. When it comes to the legacy, who would be your all-star legacy group? If you could mix and match women from all the seasons on Roni, who would it be? I think from what I've heard of the cast, it seems right to me. Like, I, I think I've heard Luann, Sonia, Dorinda. Uh, Jill? Jill. I'm not as excited. I think Kelly Ben Simone's on that Thrilled. short list. Thrilled if it's Kelly Ben Simone. Yeah, I mean, she'll be, it'll be great to catch up with her and like see what, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And then Tinsley, from what I understand, they're trying to get her. I don't know. Ramona is such a nucleus of the show. I'd be, I'll be very, I think it'll be at bare minimum fun to watch that group without Ramona around yeah. because I think that's going to change so many of those dynamics. I think everyone's kind of focusing on um, uh, Ramona and for other reasons, but I'm like, I want to know what is Luann and Sonia's relationship look like without Ramona or what, you know, I, I think that'll be fun to watch. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that's a good cast. I worry a little bit that that I hope they don't not have a main player. Does that make sense? Like Bethany is such a 
a good driver storyline, even though she drives me fucking nuts and I <laughs> do not care for her. But <laughs> I I don't know if they need a, a stronger like lead or something. I think Dorinda will be the lead of the show and I think Jill Zarin will want to be the lead of the show and that's going to already be conflict because, or, or conflict because at BravoCon, and I hate that I keep referencing BravoCon, but it gave us so much, they got into it on stage. So the drama's already there. I think it should be Dorinda because Jill's just been gone for too long and I can't see her carrying the show in that way, but she'll try. And that's she'll what try. will be so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, let's get into some superlatives really quickly. First thing that comes to your mind, best housewives scene in 2022. Oh my God. Uh, I loved, um, okay, this is a deep cut, but there was a, in the Arizona trip on Real House of Salt Lake City, after Jen Shah had left and they went to that chain restaurant and it was just Meredith, Lisa, Heather, and Whitney. It was a weird group first of all, but then they were arguing um, about the second, the D for jazz tickets. And they were arguing about it as if Lisa Barlow wasn't there. And Lisa was like, I feel really bad about this. And like, this isn't true, but they were acting as if she wasn't there. And it just, to me, made me laugh. I'm sure there were other ones that were, maybe will be more memorable down the line, but that one just made me laugh. I remember thinking, this is so funny that they're having this conversation as if Lisa's not even there and it's about her sucking D for jazz tickets, which is a crazy (laughs) thing anyway. So I just loved it. And the Utah Jazz are not the best team. So it's it's even more <laughs> crazy. Not that it would be justified. I mean, do what you do, you know? But it's not like, you know, you're dealing with, I don't know, the best team. I don't even know who's the best team in the NBA right now. The, I don't know, the Warriors or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so it's that's what even makes it funnier. It's like, it's, it's the Utah Jazz, guys. It's so funny and so ridiculous. I also love the Potomac where Candace had the, where she was talking to the producer. She's like, where's Eric? Where's Eric? <laughs> I love that. I love that they kept it in. Okay, best dressed housewife of 2022. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, none of them really stick out to me. Uh, who who are you thinking? Um, I don't know that any. I think Kyle, you mentioned she's good looking and I hate the hats. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think Kyle dresses well at all. She doesn't dress well. I'm trying to think. But I, I was going to say looks wise, I think she's like, found her, her, I, I think she does good work, like whatever the work is. <laughs> what do you mean by you know, that, <laughs> though, You know, like, I, not saying the style, but I think whatever work she's had done looks really good. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard for me. I'm really trying to think of who would wear, who would I dress like that's been on these shows? I mean, we haven't even really talked. Maybe it's somebody from Atlanta. I don't know. Maybe Melissa Gorga, but I don't really have her, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. Worst yeah, dress? None of them. I, honestly, I'm thinking all of them. None of them seem that like dress well to me. Not that I dress Maybe well, Dorit? but I can't think. Dorit? Dorit? I don't know. See, to me, Dorit's all, all that stuff is tired for me with Dorit. Like I'm tired of her looks. I don't think they're that great. I don't know. They weren't the great this past season. I'm going to be thinking about this all night now. <laughs> Worst dress. This should be easy. I actually, controversial opinion, think Robin's worse dressed than Giselle. Why? Because she just wears sweaters. She just wears long sweaters. I feel like. I, I think maybe I've just <laughs> I've just become accustomed to Giselle more that this season I'm really noticing Robin's. And I'm like, actually, I think Robin's worse. And this week, uh, particularly, uh, Giselle had a nice jumpsuit on that I liked, whereas Robin, I didn't like any of her looks. So 
Well, they say, you know, it's, it's Giselle's storyline at this point. It's becoming a, a character trait. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she plays into it. All right. This is a little controversial, but the next housewife most likely to face legal drama. Ooh, good one. Um, I think someone from Orange County. I think it's shocking to me that no one from Orange County. I, yes, we had the cancer scare thing, but I think. I feel like something could be brewing at some point with Orange County. And I have no real reason to believe that other than a gut instinct. Okay. Okay. Last one for the superlatives. Most improved housewife in 2022. I think Garcelle had like a record year to me. She, I liked her before, but this season, I just felt like she became ahead of the class. Like now she became just, I think she handled the season beautifully. Like she got on the the mix the perfect amount. She seemed to have stronger relationships with the women. And I feel that way about the Miami cast too. I think they have come into their own, all of them in a in a group and have just gelled in a way that of course they couldn't. It was their first season. And it was a mix of people who had done it before and who hadn't. But yeah, I think Miami all really came into their own and they're just feeling like they're firing on all cylinders. And I think Garcelle. Garcelle, I call her the people's housewife. I really think she is universally liked. And if not, you're just hating for no reason. Um, There's so much to get into and we can't cover everything. So we're going to let you go because, you know, there's Atlanta, there's Ultimate Girls Trip, there's Miami, as we've mentioned, which if you're not watching, you should be watching right now. The last question I will ask you is, where do you see Dubai going? Because I think there's only three women that should stay. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't love Dubai at all. I I think anyone's first season, I they can come back and and they learn from the show and stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I hope they get another season, and I will definitely watch every episode of it. But it just didn't hook me in the way. But I, I'm hopeful that maybe they'll they'll see what. And I think they. I think if they do bring back Dubai, which it hasn't been announced yet, but I think for sure if they do, they'll bring Phaedra in, even though she technically doesn't live there yet. I think they set this planted the seeds for that. And I think Bravo wants to keep her in the fold. So I think that's what would happen. And they would come up with some organic way of like, all of a sudden she's buying the place there or something like that. I think they need someone, they need some presence, some some new presence over there. I say keep Caroline Stanberry, Chanel Ion, and Lisa Milan, and everybody else has got to go. Um, Caroline Brooks was actually very stunning in person too. Oh, they're beautiful. I mean, I think Chanel is such a star that... I just hope we find a way to make that work. Yeah. Well, I do too. I'd like for them to come back better. Um, We'd also love for you to come back, Danny, on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here to cover the best of Bravo. It's been a great year. And I know 2023 is going to be even better. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about everything that you're doing because you've got some great stuff. And if you don't already follow and listen and read what Danny has, you need to be doing. So go ahead, Danny. Thank you, Rachel. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I think uh, you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. And then my book is called How Do I Unremember This? It's it's coming out in paperback in the spring, but right now you get the hardcover wherever books are sold. And my podcast is called Everything Iconic. So listen, you've been on a few times and everyone always loves when you come on, of course. And and when as soon as we get that legal shadrama, you need to come on and I will. You know what? I'll be your okay. I'll be your legal eagle Please. for sure. I just want to tell this story. I, I just think Danny's so incredible. And I um started listening to Danny in 
the pandemic or during the pandemic when, you know, we were all just like looking for something to bring us joy. And I found his podcast and I became so obsessed with it. I went back and listened to old episodes to the point where my husband was like, is that Danny? And I wrote him and I don't really write people I don't know. And I wrote you and you responded and you had me on your podcast in like a week. And then we went mm-hmm. viral because I decided to, to call somebody a piece of shit. And it's it's been great ever since. So I I love it. I, I love it. Love and I didn't even know we were going to go viral. I think you told me, you were like, that's going to go viral. I was like, I don't really know the Bachelor world, but can we get anything viral now? Who's fucking <laughs> up over there at the moment? <laughs> maybe you saying you can't stand Bethany, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of all the Bethany stuff going on? What do you think? She's contradicting herself. I really do think so. You want to say, it's fine if you want to do the Housewives recap podcast. That's great. But then you talk so much shit about the about people in the podcast and you act holier than thou, but you get dirty. Your hands are dirty in it. You can't help yourself. You love it. I don't care what she says. She so wants to come back. She just doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Well, and I I think she likes the fan base that it provides. But then my problem is, it's like those comments she makes, it's insulting the fan base. So for years, I feel like she's insulted the fan base of the show by, I mean, not wanting to answer questions about her or then when she does throwing it under the bus a little bit and now coming back with this thing. It's like, yeah, we want to hear your experience and everything like that. Yeah. We are rooting for that. It's just for years, you've told us otherwise and you've kind of trained your audience or you've trained your fans to look down on this Mm -hmm. thing that we loved from the beginning and that where we fell in love with you at. So it just feels like insulting that fan base. And that's kind of what I don't like. Yeah, because she doesn't have to do this. She's got plenty of other ventures going on. She's a brand new show coming out with one of the sharks, if it's not already out. And it shows me how much she really does love this world because she wants to keep her toe in it. So, And who doesn't love this world, Rach? Oh, Bravo Holics here. Danny Pellegrino, thank <laughs> you so much for being here. Love you. Thank you for having me. Take care and happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. 